You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, y'all, Sam Sanders here. You are listening to Intuit from Vulture and New York Magazine. There's a new show out on Amazon Prime Video. It's the story of a serial killer. I know, right? Another story about a serial killer. Who wants that? Well, what if I told you in this show, the serial killer is black. And this black serial killer is a woman. And she is doing all the killing as an obsessed fan of a fictitious pop star who has an uncanny likeness to Beyonce. Have I sold you on this show yet? Ladies and gentlemen, If not, what if I also told you that the idea for this show came from Donald Glover? It's called Swarm. You're a killer bee. Part of the swarm. (laughs) Talk about Nyjah. You get stung. Swarm feels smart and subversive, and in general, it's a show that takes a lot of risks, which I think we need more of in TV right now. I also predict that Swarm is going to be a very big deal this year. This week, I talked with Janine Neighbors. She's the co-creator of Swarm and one of the executive producers and writers on the show. She's from Houston, like Beyonce. They even went to the same high school. Janine's previously worked on FX's Atlanta and Watchmen on HBO. Janine's going to tell me why her new show, Swarm, leaves you with more questions than answers and why black women serial killers kind of have a special place in her heart. But we'll start with the pitch. When Donald Glover came to her and said, hey, I have an idea. Take me back to the day that Donald Glover pitched this idea to you. Yeah, it was the tail end of season four of Atlanta. And then I get this call from Donald one night and I'm thinking it's, you know, about the episode I wrote for season four. But he's just like, hey, I have this like kind of crazy idea about a super fan Um, And I really want this to be the show after Atlanta and I want you to write it. And I was like, what? (laughs) You know, and so he just kind of pitched that idea. And I, you know, being from Houston and just like having a real relationship, I think, with just being a a black woman and, and like cutting school to go see people perform. You know what I mean? Like I was like, oh, this is 
I want to tell that story from my hometown. Okay. And, and like, you know, he obviously is someone who is a star in his own right. So he has a very particular relationship with his fans where people try to take ownership of him. So obviously he was coming from this with like his own experience. But I think, you know, it was very clear that we were like, we want to tell this story from a Black woman's perspective. And we really want to kind of write the origin story of a villain. Like that's really at the heart of it, what we knew we were going to do from the very beginning. Like we were like, this woman's going to be a little polarizing and she's not going to be- A little? Wait, wait, wait. A little? (laughs) (laughs) You know, and so- so that is how it started. It really just started with a conversation. And then, you know, because there are real events, whether they be kind of like internet rumors or like real life, you know, we did a lot of research and then just kind of connected the dots in a really, I think, huh. a really kind of cool way to tell this story from the perspective of. Dominique Fishback's character, Dre, who's from Ailey, Texas, which is where I'm from. Was there any hesitation on your end? I mean, because the setup of this show is this Black woman superfan also becomes a killer. You think you're too good for Nigel? No, I don't. Please, I don't. Then why did you say she couldn't keep a man happy? I I, I didn't say that. I, I, I didn't. But you did. And I got the receipts. Nigga. Twitter. And the pop star she's chasing in the show has a lot of similarities to one of the most revered black pop stars of our time. Were you ever like, Donald, I don't know if this would be good for black Twitter. I don't know if they'll like it. I don't know. Like, was there any hesitation? No, because I think Donald approaches everything with respect. There are people that shift a culture for Black people in a way where it becomes part of our American history. And obviously we know many Black women in in the world who have done that. And some of them happen to be from my hometown. And that's great. You know what I mean? And so, you know, when we kind of sat down to kind of like tell the story, everyone who is anyone was very much made aware of it. And very respectful and very, very, a very thoughtful process, I would say. Wait, what do you mean by that? People made aware of it. What do you mean? Well, it's just like, you know, you, when you're Black in this industry and you're making a show about music with Uh, using kind of like the, uh there's there's a lot of people's likeliness in this show. You know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, like we're just casting people that already exist in the world of like Twitter and on the internet and like real stories. Right. So we, it was a very respectful process. Okay. Across the I know some people who know some people who worked on this show and they were like, I bet you Beyonce's already seen it or said, okay to it at least. How much of that can you tell me? Well, I mean, if you (laughs) look at, Donald's relationship with her, like, clearly they're tight, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. So, like, you don't throw your friend under the bus. Like, that's not what the show <laughs> is, you know? And, like, and at the end of the day, like, we created a whole new world that is, like, very similar and looks like our world, but is a little bit of like an alt 
reality a little bit. Yeah. Let's set up Dre for our listeners. This is the lead, played by Dominique Fishback. She is a super fan who becomes violent in her, by any means, a necessary quest to be close to this pop star. Mm-hmm. Describe her in like 30 seconds for listeners. I would say that she is someone who is deeply misunderstood. I think she is a person who feels connected to two things in her life, and that is her sister, Marissa, and that is the artist, Nyjah. And they go hand in hand. And the pilot tells the story of that. We have to meet her one day. Promise me. We will. I promise. I think the second she see me, she'd know how it connected. And she'll invite us back to her house for dinner. I could feel it. Think we really get to meet her one day? If there's anyone crazy enough to meet Nigel Hutton, it's you. But she is a little bit of like of an alien. She's a little bit of a fly on the wall in her own universe. Are you going to Vanessa's party Saturday? Can I come? You don't drink. You just sit there and watch. It makes me nervous. Well, I could watch this from some place you can't see. Me? She is a little mute at times, and we don't exactly know how she's processing reality or emotion. But we do know that she feels for the music and she feels for her sister. And that is her humanity. Yeah. There's this quiet to her in this blank stare to her throughout mm-hmm. the entire series that is played out perfectly. But mm-hmm. how would you describe the emotional state of Dre? It's so quiet. It is. And I'm not I'm not an actor, but Donald is. And I think the way that he was able to kind of speak to Dominique Fishback about the otherness of this character, I think was really beautiful. You know, when Donald and I were really conceiving of this show, we we really just were like, we want to tell our own idea of some of these like European films that we've seen in the past where they're just, these characters are so complicated and nuanced and we don't know what they're going to do next. And The Piano Teacher is like a tremendous film that we both really, really respect. And it's so wacky and it's so compelling and you can't stop thinking about the character after you watch it. Like she sits with you and it's uncomfortable, but it's also like, why am I so uncomfortable by what I just saw this woman do, which was everything, but also nothing. Right. So Mm -hmm. there is something to, I think just finding a way to tell that story in like a dynamic lead who does really questionable things, but you still lean in. We wanted to portray a conflicting Black woman on screen who's fighting for another Black woman. And, like, what does that look like? That kind of complicated relationship. So, yeah. 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 Well, and, you know, it starts out hard. You know, by the end Mm -hmm. of the first episode, there's violence that Dre exacts. And then it keeps going. When you're making a show like this, how do you take into consideration 
how to ease viewers into it. You know, is there a scenario in which you say, well, if I make the first episode or two episodes too violent, people will stop watching? Do you care? You know, it's so funny because I, I like, I love the show Barry, and Barry does not hold the audience's hands when it comes to violence. You know, True. and I think True. I think we're so we're so used to seeing white men in film and TV just do the craziest shit. White women too. We really just wanted to shift that perspective and let it be this mm. black woman, which we have not seen before, and yeah. give her that weighted kind of gravity. You know, and it's okay if it, if it makes black people uncomfortable watching this black person do this thing, especially to other black people. But like, we've been seeing this shit for years, years Uh, with uh. white faces. So that's also part of what makes this story. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know any Dre's growing up? Did you ever feel like a Dre yourself growing up? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I grew up, I'm a dark skinned girl with, a dead right eye. I grew up, I had like a a lazy eye when I was little and I had surgery to kind of have it corrected when I was younger, Mm. but Mm you know, I was like a cross-eyed, dark skin, (laughs) you know, just wild child in the world, you know? And so my parents were these professionals, you know, my mom was a banker. My dad was an accountant, not rich at all, but they worked hard to get to where they are. Yeah, And they were just swimming around a lot of white people, even though I was, I grew up with so many black people from my family and my life, but you know, so there's just this weird dynamic, especially when it's Texas in like the nineties, which was very, very, very different, very different. And Mm. yeah, when you find, so I remember like seeing Mary J. Blige for the first time when I was in Louisiana, hanging out with my family and just being like completely overcome by how beautiful and just yeah. like she was the most beautiful woman I had ever seen in my life. And I just, you know, just to see that as a person who doesn't really see that for themselves, you know yeah. what I mean? To see, to, oh, to yeah. look at something and be like, what? That exists? Mm-hmm. Like that. That's and also, crazy. that's on TV and that makes money and that is popular. Wow. 100%. 100%. But also, just like, just to sing songs about a black woman rejoicing mm-hmm. her blackness and her like yeah. ability to love and be seen as beautiful. Like all of that stuff was wild to me because, you know, and I feel like, again, like Dre, that whole like line of like, you know, when someone compliments you, like your face and you're like, what, like I'm ugly. Like I remember saying that verbatim as a kid, like when I wow. was younger, when people would say like, Oh, you have like a really interesting face. I'm like, what does that mean? I'm ugly. Cause <laughs> you just go to that. <laughs> And it's, and it's like, no, what is wrong? Like, yeah, they're like, you got to look into your soul. And I do, I feel very connected to Dre in the pilot because I know that idea of like, just coming out of your own shell. Obviously I'm not a murderer, but (laughs) (laughs) my sister was Marissa. My cousin, Dominique was Marissa and Mm. Phaedra, my best Mm. friend was Marissa. Those Mm. are the people that like, teach you to like girl hold your head up high and like yeah understand that you you are powerful you look good with makeup your face is so versatile like how like i'm ugly oh my gosh learn how to take a compliment it's a good thing means you a snack girl 
own it. Go like that. And if you set your mind to it, if you really want to see Nyjah, girl, you're going to do that. Janine, if you really want to go to write for TV, you're going to do that. You know what I mean? It's like whatever that kind of, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. Time for a break. When we come back, we're going to run through the parallels between Swarm and Beyonce. There are a lot. One thing, though, before we go, I got a job for you if you like this show, and I really hope you do. If you want to support it, we could really use your help. I know I say it every week, but I mean it. Subscribe to Intuit on your favorite podcast app. You can leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. And most importantly, truly, share this show with your friends. Tell your friends about the show, like to their face, IRL. Every little bit helps. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels. But now the only thing you're missing is, you know the actual travel experience? Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's talk about Nyjah because, mm-hmm. man, I want to write a master's thesis on this character. There's so much going on with that character and there's so many parallels between this pop star and a pop star who exists IRL. So the whole show, the character of Dre is doing anything and everything to get close to Nyjah to the point where she'll even kill for Nyjah. But this pop star Nyjah has a lot of similarities to Beyonce. She's -hmm. got a husband who's also big in the biz. She has really expensive, hard-to-get tour tickets. How much were those tickets? Four grand? Something like that? That's why you couldn't make rent? Hmm? She has a sister who is also a famous singer but less popular. She has online fans called The Hive who will literally swarm on people who criticize her. This diva in the show even has twins. There's no way anyone who exists in the world right now doesn't see this character in this show and know it's in many ways about Beyonce and her fandom. That was a very bold choice. Was there any fear in doing that? No. Okay. Because... You got to look at Amazon. I mean, Amazon is a corporation. (laughs) The legal stuff that we did, like all of that stuff was very 
calculated and purposeful and thoughtful. Amazon would not have made this show if it was so one-to-one, I have to say. It's close. I mean, like, there's a scene where there's an elevator fight. Well, when you, again, when you're making a show about the culture, you have to think about where are the moments within that two and a half year time period that culturally, as Black people with music, things broke through the noise a little bit, right? So the biggest story around the world seems to be Jay-Z being attacked in the elevator by Beyonce's sister, Solange. And so that's the stuff that we kind of looked at. When you're telling a, a time period within like a very iconic point in an artist's life, you're going to be hitting like the benchmarks that people will be talking about for years and years to come, right? So like when you see something like anything in an elevator, anything, (laughs) you're going to think about the moment that you saw that thing happen and where you were and who you called and who you texted and being like, oh Mm -hmm. my God, I I remember Mm -hmm. exactly where I was when I saw that. It's about the feeling of being somewhere when, you know, our version of like the Berlin Wall came down or our <laughs> version of like, you know what I mean? Like that was yes. like, that shit yes. was crazy. It was real. It, it was, was real. real. And so it's about that feeling and like how that moment was weaponized against so many people in, in that elevator, right? And like, it's just something that's just, it's never going to go away. It's like the, it's like the. It's never going to go away, yeah. It's like the, it's like the Chris Rock, Will Smith thing. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like forever. when when those two forever. men die, when they die. That will die, be the first line of the obit. That is going to yeah. be in their obit. And that's the thing that's fucking crazy. Like, you're like, <laughs> really? This nigga slapped this other nigga. And now that is the shit <laughs> that's, that's going to, that people are going to talk about when they talk about their deaths. Like, it's just never yeah. going to go away. Right. I and also so- <laughs> forget y'all have the bite in there too. Y'all really did it. <laughs> well, the was bite there- was. Oh, my God. So the internet is currently burning with theories about who went Hannibal Lecter on Nyjah. Becky with the big teeth? Finna get stung. You mess with Nyjah, you mess with the whole swarm. Nyjah's bitch. What even think about touching Nyjah? Whoever been Nyjah, your mom's a hub. At any point when you're doing the elevator scene, the bite scene, the twin announcement, the tour tickets, did legal or Amazon or anyone ever say this is too close? Change it up? The thing is, if it happens in real time, if it happens, you can write about it. You know, people are public figures. Like, yeah, you know, it's not like I can go in and I can go and say Lizzo slapped me in a bar, you know, and then write about <laughs> that and say, you know, because that never happens. But when things happen out in the world and you're a public person, this is not a work of fiction. I that is those are the first That's words what the that episodes you see. lead with. Yeah. That's the first thing that you see when you look at this show and and it was cleared legally because it is not a work of fiction. Okay. And okay. so there you have it. I love it. We're talking before this show hits the public. Have you at all thought of what Beyoncé fans will think and say about this show? Yeah, sure. I mean, I just want Black people to feel seen. 
if you look a drain, you see yourself, maybe, maybe call your therapist, maybe call your mama. I don't know. Hey, but yeah. I just want black people to, to recognize some part of themselves. Right. And that to me is what's really exciting. And of course, yeah, like people might come after me. I mean, I think they're going to come after Donald's honestly, which is great. Cause he's like, everyone knows who he is. No one knows. Who he is. <laughs> That's kind of great. That's great about <laughs> I'm just going to let Donald handle that. But we dealt with this on Atlanta. People are going to be, and Watchmen, people are going to be pissed. People are going to go on Rotten Tomatoes to just mm-hmm. shit on a show because they feel obligated to do it. And that's that's what that's what people do. And it's like, it's okay. I respect yeah. that. You know, like it's... Yeah. And like, I can even almost predict what the reaction will be to this show. So one, you're right in saying that they'll go after Donald and not you. And two, the first thing they're going to say, well, of course, he hates black women because they've said Mm -hmm. that before. And it's Mm -hmm. like, it seems as if you and him and the whole team just kind of like ignore that. I think that's a little, I have to say, it's a little silly to say that. I mean... But you know people say, right? I mean, like... Yeah, but like, like, you don't hate black women if you take a black woman that you admire and respect and give her a platform to then hire more black women and cast incredible black women in a show led by black women. You know what I mean? Like that's just, that is, that's what's so fascinating about it, you know, because like Donald did that, like after Atlanta, like he could have gone to work with anyone in this business. And he chose to work with me, you know, at the end of the day, black women, I, I would hope that they watch that black women watch this show and feel like they are seeing a part of black femininity that they just haven't seen before. And that's interesting. And they're yeah. just like drawn to it. Because it's interesting because like there's a a woman that Donald follows on Twitter. This is part of his pitch to me. And he said, there's this woman, you know, I think she was a teacher or something. And she was like, I'm so tired of seeing black women on TV play therapists and lawyers and doctors and people who just like have their shit together. We can be serial killers, too. And (laughs) well, there you go. And so he was like, so so that was part of the pitch and I was like of course we can of course we can (laughs) and when we did our research on like black female serial killers there's like you know there's so many of them that have fallen through the cracks but like like maybe one comes up and you're like damn that's crazy because they exist and they're just not seen or written Mm -hmm. about or and you even have an episode in the show that talks about how black women serial killers fall through the cracks It seems like wishful thinking. A black female detective stumbles onto a black female serial killer. But I've seen this before. Seen what before? Black women falling through the cracks. All right, let's talk about... I said earlier that this show almost feels like an inverse of the real world in one of the most inverse ways that this show presents itself to me is that the Beyonce character, Nyjah, in the show, she's dark-skinned. Yes. That had to be a conscious choice. What are you trying to say with that? I just, I said, look, <laughs> I was just like, 
<laughs> there is just no way. There's just no way. We, because when you look at, again, this is also, we, it's very purposeful that she's dark skinned because huh. it also allows us to see that this is our version of a real world because you don't see a woman that's Noreen's color that mm-hmm. is at the level of stardom mm-hmm. that Rihanna is at. That as like a R&B pop superstar does not exist currently in our space. And so that was very, very purposeful on, on my part, on Donald's part. And I'm really proud of that. I, I'm, I'm really, really proud of that because I feel like, again, it's not so one-to-one. And if people get mad at that, then that is on them. That is on them. Man. That is like some real shit. If you're really getting mad at the fact that this woman is dark skinned, you have and a problem. Like, and first being of like, all. there's no way that that would happen. Like, boom, that is your problem. Yeah. So, I had a thought. I, mm-hmm. So I had a thought. I want to say episode four or five. I was like, mm-hmm. yo, it would have been a trip if they had Kelly Rowland play Nyjah. <laughs> it would have been a trip. That's all. Anywho, it's not a question, just an observation. (laughs) So crazy. That is so crazy. Very meta. Calling all female runners. It's time to lace up and join Team Milk. Since the 2022 New York City Marathon, Team Milk has sponsored female marathon runners nationwide, providing support and shining a spotlight on their unique stories, perseverance, and drive to go the distance. Why Milk? Dairy Milk is an excellent nutritional ad for both marathon training and recovery. Milk contains 13 essential nutrients, including high-quality protein, making it a crucial component of a training diet. Plus, it's one of the best beverages for hydration, even better than water. The same electrolytes that are added to many of your favorite sports drinks are found naturally in milk. And in 2024, Team Milk is taking the next step to empower female runners by launching the only women's marathon in the U.S. designed for and by women. Built to be accessible, empowering, and community building, the inaugural Every Woman's Marathon will take place in Savannah, Georgia on November 16, 2024. You can learn more and register for the marathon at everywomansmarathon.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I am assuming you're a big Beyonce fan. And I'm Mm -hmm. wondering if making this show at all changed the way you think about your fandom and how you're a fan of Beyonce. You know, I have a complicated relationship with Beyonce, actually. You know, I grew up a very particular, you know, I was a nerd. And I always respected her music. Yeah, I would cut class to see her at times, but like I never saw myself in her for obvious reasons. You know what I'm saying? Kelly, sure, I saw a little bit of myself in Kelly because she's a dark-skinned woman, you know? And so, like, Mm -hmm. I have, like, a very 
You know, it wasn't until I got older when I really started to feel a little bit more like connected to her as a woman, you know, as like, I think when she kind of started to come into her own and get married and like have children, like that's when I really started to kind of see her as like someone who felt connected to, you know, where we, we kind of had a little bit more uh, of that kind of connection as like just black women in this, in this, in the space of a world, you know? And so I think working on this project has brought me, I think definitely like closer in the world of being a fan, but I wouldn't say that I'm a, a, a diehard super fan of, Huh. I'm yeah. a diehard. I'm a diehard. Yeah. And let me tell you, <laughs> by the end of this show, I was like, Sam, look in the mirror. Work on yourself. You have like you are just as bad as Dre in some respects. Like literally, there was a moment in the show where Dre's character is imagining being plucked out of the crowd by the Beyonce character Nyjah and then ending mm-hmm. up being like held and comforted. Mm-hmm. And she gives me a big hug. And it feels like the longest hug I ever had. And she says, I feel like I, I know you. Like we've always known each other. And I said to myself, oh my God, Sam, you want that too. You may not be a serial killer, but you want that too. No lie. I got tickets to go to this Renaissance World Tour, and I have been thinking and talking with my friends about what to wear so that Beyonce notices me and maybe pulls me up on stage and talks to me. I'm Dre. And I think this whole show was just telling someone like me, a Beyonce super fan, I don't know, check yourself. Have I been a toxic fan at some points? Yeah. Have I said mean things to strangers on the internet to protect Beyonce? Yeah. It's like, yeah, Yeah. there's some Dre in me. There's some Dre in me. And that felt weird to say to myself watching this show, but I guess say it. I actually do think about the day that I would meet someone like a Beyonce and just like really hoping that there is some recognition. You do come from the same city. We went to the same high school we know some of the same people, you know what I mean? Like there is this thing of like, girl, I don't know you, but I do know you, you know? And mm. so like, there is this sense of like, oh, well, I wonder like if I am in a room, could I go to her and say, oh yeah, a leave girl, blah, blah, blah. You know, would she yeah. even, you know, like that's, that's like a real, that's a real thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And I feel that way with, Donald a little bit and like protecting him. You know what I mean? Because I, really? you know, you, yeah, because like he's the, he's the closest thing that I know to that personally, like on a personal, like very grounded, real level. Huh. Someone that you idolized and meeting that person and like having a, a real connection to that. Like that's like a, that's a story. That's like a, that's an evolution, wow. right? Yeah. And, like, you do want to protect that person at all costs. So, like, I feel very protective of him as, like, a friend and as a Black woman and person and collaborator. 
That's the thing. If you if you weren't Childish Gambino, would that be the same? I'd be like, who's this nigga? Mm. Like, this is my show. Like, what are you talking about? You know what I mean? I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Have you met Beyonce? Be for real. No, I've never met her. Well, that needs to change. I know. I there are. I think every single person in in that writer's room, maybe with the exception of one of with Karen, has met her, which is crazy. Wait, really? I'm like, yes. I would say all of them have met her. Yes. It's crazy. Has she seen the show? I think she has, actually. Yeah, she knows about the show. People okay. who are in the orbit of Donald know yeah. about yeah. this show. Like, you yeah. know, you Google Donald and Beyonce. They hang out, like, legit. They are friends. Wait, so really? If she's wished... If, she, if Beyonce has wished someone a happy birthday on her website... They're actually she friends. Is, <laughs> she is actual friends with them. And she has done that with Donald. So, like, Also, friends. sidebar, Beyonce wishing people happy birthday on her website is so auntie. I love it. It's, it's so auntie. so auntie. Have you heard at all Beyonce's reaction to Swarm? I will say this. Donald obviously has a relationship with her. And then I wrote her a letter just basically being like, yo, you're great. I love you. <laughs> This is a show that we're working on. These are the people that are writing on it. She's worked with a lot of the people who are who have worked on our show. You know, it's a family. Uh, this is not uh, about, this is not a crusade to tear down anyone's reputation. This is a this is a love letter to black women. I really and I know it's extreme and I know that our character is doing a lot of crazy shit but like she's she's out here killing she's a she's a black woman serial killer (laughs) i know but it's like she is she is uh we've been building towards this moment for a character like this she is the character that i think i really wanted to write for such a long time just this black woman who Mm. is so profoundly settled in her ideology and just does give zero fucks and is just going to get the job done. You know, this show made me ask a lot of questions of myself and of the culture. What is the question you most hope viewers leave this show with? Because you don't leave with too many answers. What is the question you most hope people take away from this show? Will there be more shows like this in the world? And hopefully the answer is yes. I'm saying this as humbly as possible. I really want this show to start a movement for Black people who are writers coming up to feel unafraid to tackle any subject matter and tell it in as punk a way as possible. I remember watching... Shonda Rhimes shows and being like, damn, that woman is Black and she's doing that. You know, I mean, people can ask whatever they want about this show, but I think you want people to have a conversation like, how do they get that made? Are you going to the Renaissance World Tour? I am. I'm flying to Chicago this summer. I'm flying to London, girl. I'm flying to London. You're flying flying across the pond. Look at you. Like a fool. No, like a fool. She's taking all my money. Good for you, honestly, because this is, I, I think it's an incredible album. I'm really excited to celebrate it. Oh, my goodness. I got to say, Janine, watching this show 
was truly an experience and a treat. <laughs> Thank you for doing this. And yes, to your question, more of these shows, please. More, more, um, more, more. Thank you. I This has been an honor to be on this podcast. I'm a huge fan of your work and thank you for the opportunity. Thanks again to Swarm co-creator Janine Neighbors. Go watch it. Seriously, I swear you won't stop thinking about it. And I promise you've probably never seen anything like this show before. All right, Intuit is hosted by me, Sam Sanders. The show is produced by Janae West, Travis Larchuk, Gabby Grossman, Jelani Carter, and Taka Zinn. Our fearless editor is Jordana Hochman. Our engineer is Daniel Turek. Our music is composed by Breakmaster Cylinder. And Hannah Rosen is the head of audio at New York Magazine. Listeners, we are back on Friday with a brand new episode. Till then, and I mean this, go watch Swarm. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Property Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Why do you run? Why does anyone I always thought that runners loved running, and that's not the case. Most runners hate running, <laughs> but they choose to do it. In the new docu-series Running Sucks, brought to you by Team Milk, Abby Ayers learns why women runners everywhere are driven to go the distance. It really is about taking my power back and proving myself wrong. Team Milk is about fueling women's performance and helping them along their marathon journeys. You can sign up now for the inaugural Every Woman's Marathon taking place in Savannah, Georgia on November 16th, 2024. Learn more and register at everywomansmarathon.com.